Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Is nothing else is going to be as important as your relationship with God. You've given it all up for eternity. You're going to have stuff, but it's not going to be as important to you as your relationship with God. You're not going to be tied to stuff. You're going to give stuff away. And I know, we, we talked about this with the hurricane. My, uh, my wife's family went through a lot of crisis and trial over there and all these people in North Carolina and there's other people in Florida now. You guys saw the last hurricane. It was even stronger and it wiped out places. Like a, they were calling it a tornado cane or something crazy because of the, the winds of that Category 4 when it hit. And I know it's just stuff, and we say that, until you've lost that stuff. So if stuff is valuable to us, how much more should our relationship with Jesus be valuable to us? You ever had something that was just important to you and somebody messed it up, they borrowed it and messed it up? I've had these boots. I think, I think it's two years. And I just noticed, do you remember what year you got these for me? Well, the, we got back from Dominican Republic. I didn't take these boots with me. But I noticed yesterday, much to my chagrin, my disappointment, my irritation, there is a nick on these boots, and I've taken care of them so well. And I went, oh. And it always bothers me because I like to take care of my shoes. And I looked at that. But it, I'm thinking right now, wow, in light of all eternity, Pastor Larry Stocksell still says, push stuff out into eternity and see how valuable it is. Will these shoes matter in 10 years? Probably not. Much less 50 years, 100 years, 10,000 years, a million years from now in heaven. It's not going to matter. So we go to this verse again. So you cannot become my disciple, Jesus said, without giving up everything you own. Without giving up everything you own. I got lost on the time. Do you know how far in we are? Or can you tell from looking at that thing? I think I know where we are. Okay. All right. So. Jesus said, you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything, everything, everything you own. Carry your cross. Now, before I get into my points tonight, Jesus knew what he was in for, didn't he? He's talking about a cross before he carried his cross and was crucified. He knew what he was in for, and he knew there was going to be blessing and joy in the trial, but he also knew he was going to have to die. He was going to have to die. He was going to have to give up some stuff. Because he was all God, but he was all human. He had human emotions. He had a human body. All right, so point one today is count the cost. Count the cost, just like Jesus said in this text. Count the cost. And this may seem obnoxious tonight, but I just wanted to, for it to stay in your beautiful, brilliant minds of how important all these points are. I got an exclamation point on every point tonight. Count the cost. And I've thought about this before. I was raised in the church. You guys have, we've all joked and laughed, and I said, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church. Ha, ha, ha. That's the only drug problem I had. I was drugged to church. But you know, even after all these years of being in church and then growing up and, and feeling a calling to serve in the ministry as a pastor and as a missionary with my wife and a pastor with my wife and to be here and serve God, but in a ministerial capacity, I've counted the cost. I was raised in a pastor's home, so you know what? That was the last thing in the world I wanted to be was a pastor. No offense. Everybody that works with me, they know I love them. 
I love the flock God has entrusted to me. But it was the last thing years ago. I was, it was like, I was like, I'm not going to be a pastor. No way. No way. I'll do something else. I'll do, Lord, I'll do anything. Please. But I felt a strong call to the ministry. And I would count the cost. I knew. I knew it would be rewarding. I knew there would be blessing and joy. But I knew there would be trial. And so I counted the cost. But I've also counted the cost about just serving Jesus. I'm like, am I going to be real or fake? If I'm going to be fake, why even serve God? I've told myself that before and I've thought about it. If I'm not going to go all the way, why even serve God? And we'll get into another point here. But really consider and understand what you're doing. What am I signing up for? Sometimes folks sign up for stuff. And then later on, they, what do they say? Well, I didn't sign up for this. Uh-huh, it was in the fine print. You did, you signed up. Wait, we got, we got to do that? I signed up on the volunteer list for this? Yeah, exactly, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Or some sign up and you never see them. Say, so where'd they go? They signed up, they didn't count the cost. Didn't, didn't they sign? They didn't use, let me call them. They don't answer, they don't respond to text. Didn't you sign up? Hey, where are you, brother? Where are you, sister? They didn't count the cost. Really consider and understand what you're doing, what you're signing up for when you're walking with God. And I know you guys are counting the cost. Here you are on a Wednesday night, right? Cold, rainy night, moist outside, and you're saying, I want to hear the word. Count the cost. Think about this. Point two, and I mentioned this a while ago in passing, go all the way. I love quoting Dad on this because it's brilliant. I wish I would have thought of it. Maybe he stole it and made it his own. They say true creativity is stealing something and forgetting where you got it. But dad's always said, go first class. Go first class. What does that mean, Pastor? Dad said, I remember growing up, he would preach from this pulpit. I'm sure he still does. He'd say, if you're going to sin and you know you're on your way to hell, then live it up. Smoke it up. Drink it up. Do everything. Try everything. Kill yourself doing it. He would preach that. Do it all. If you're going to do it all, then do it all. Wipe yourself out. Bungee jump into sin. Don't bungee jump. You'd be like that guy that didn't tie the bungee cord. Just jump. Just do it. Do it all. But if you're going to serve God, then go all the way. What reservations should you have about serving God? Say, well, I don't know, and uh, times are hard. Man, my grandma, she said that my whole life. She's 90 plus, and she said, mijo, times are hard. Man, it's just always hard times. Grandma, because she survived the Depression and everything else. Times are hard. (laughs) I think I talked with Barry about that one time. One of his relatives said, yeah, times have always been hard. We're going to just go on. We're going to keep moving on. So go all the way. It's like being married. Some vows say, forsaking all else. Forsaking all, forsaking all else and forsaking all others. Everything else that you could possibly forsake. I love it when I mess up quotes. I love that because I make them mine. Forsaking all others. This is the one. And others are like, no, I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to get married. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They're like, why did I get married? Well, man, if you didn't want to be married, you shouldn't have gotten married. That's deep, isn't it? I'm spitting wisdom tonight. I'm glad we're recording this, Barry. Wow, it's so deep. It's like, if you can't fully, or it'd be better if you'd say, man, I can't fully commit to this and don't get married. It's for life. And it's not always easy. It's rewarding, but it's not always easy. In the same way, the Christian walk, it's, there's joy and blessing. But man, it's not always easy. We get caught up into the moment going, man, you know what? I think I'm going to do this. Uh, but you know what? God has to be first. 
Just like in a marriage, I can't. Can you imagine I told my wife, baby, we're getting married? Or even now after 12 years, like, baby, baby, we've been married a while, but if it's okay with you, it's not going to be weird or romantic, but I'm going to have 10 other women in my life that are going to do different things for me. And they're going to be, there's going to be a tie with you, though. You're still number one, but there's 10 other women, so 11 women are going to be number one. Some of y'all are laughing because you're like, not in my house. My wife's being sweet because she knows it wouldn't be that way in our house either. But can you imagine, men, if your wife told you, you know what, you're going to be number one, but I'm going to have 10 other men that are going to be number one as well. And the men in here are going, that doesn't work either. Uh uh-uh. uh. And marriage is a type and shadow of our relationship with Jesus. Scripture says we're the bride of Christ. So you say, man, it's not always easy. Yeah, but go all the way. Commit and go all the way. It's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. I can say that in marriage. I can say that in my Christian walk. It is worth it. The benefits are amazing and endless and rewarding. It's worth it when you put everything into it. So count the cost, number one. Number two, go all the way. Number three, don't stop. Because some say, you know what? I'm going to serve God I'm going to do my best to go all the way, but at some point, I'm going, to just, I'm going to just get stuck here, man. I'm not going to grow past this. I'm not going to move past this. No, don't stop ever. It's a lifetime commitment, but it's way beyond that. It's an eternal commitment. Right now, it's so much more important to me that what I'm doing in this life measures up, but more important than that is that it measures up eternally. I want it to line up with Jesus. I want it to line up with who God is. I don't want to stop ever. I've got to carry my cross. Can you imagine if Jesus would have said, you know what? I've carried this cross long enough. I'm done. I've suffered. I'm already bleeding out. My ribs are exposed. They've whipped me. I carried this cross. Man, they haven't sent anybody to help me yet. I'm done. I'm not going to go to the cross and die as a sacrifice. I'm done. It's over. This is enough. Forget it. Just forget it. No, where would we be? We'd be sinners headed for hell had Jesus stopped carrying his cross. But he carried it all the way. He did not stop. <clears throat> Maybe this is as far as I'll go right here. Lord, I, I love you. I'm not going to forsake you, but I'm going to just stop in my walk with you right here. I'm going to be stagnant. Do not. Stagnant things. You ever, you ever seen a pond that has no outlet? Ever seen water that just collects? Yeah, tadpoles grow in there. It's cute at first. There's frogs and stuff. But then it starts stinking if it doesn't evaporate. It starts getting gross and moss and all kinds of nasty stuff and snakes. Uh -uh, That's stagnation. So don't stop ever. Somebody say, I will not stop. That's right. you got to carry your cross. And number four. Number four. Don't look back. I'm reminded of a story in the Old Testament. And just briefly, won't turn there. But Lot, a righteous man, was being delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah that was receiving God's judgment for their perversion, for their rejection of God. That's been up for debate. The Bible says what it says. It was getting wiped out. It was being judged. Fire and brimstone. It was being wiped off the face of the earth. Theologians and archaeologists believe that the Dead Sea, which is the lowest place on earth, is actually where where Sodom and Gomorrah were. (laughs) Talk about judgment. So it's in that area either way. But Lot's wife, they were there with their family and they were leaving. It was Lot and his wife and two daughters. They're leaving. And the angel helped them get out of the city to escape destruction. Said, hurry, go. Let's go quickly. Took them by the hand and got them out of the city and said, don't turn and look back. And scripture doesn't say that he explained himself. 
as to why. But Lot's wife turned around and looked back. She's like, I'm going to miss Sodom and Gomorrah, I guess. I don't know. But she turned, Scripture says she turned into a pillar of salt. I don't completely understand the significance of that. I need to look more into it. But a pillar of salt. Did you know if you put salt in the ground that nothing will grow there? You can actually kill the ground. So she became sterile and useless forever. A pillar of salt. You couldn't even plant her. (laughs) To my understanding, the salt also fights against rot and maggots. So like she was just going to be a pillar of salt until the earth ends. Can you imagine? Because she turned and looked back. You immediately stop, become stagnant, get stuck forever when you keep looking back. You keep looking back. Scripture says, whoever sets their hand to the plow, Jesus said, sets their hand to the plow and turns and looks back is not worthy of his kingdom. So it's like, if you're going to get to work, get to work. Go first class. Remember, like we said earlier, go all the way. Go all the way this way or go all the way that way. But if you're turning and looking back, your rows are crooked when you're plowing. It's messed up. You can't be here. You can't be there. I've had seasons in my life. I have where I'm not all there. You ever been like that? You have a hard time listening or focusing? I'm grieving right now, and God is working in my life, and he's doing amazing things in my life. But I'm still in a grief process about my mom, and I hate that of not being all there with my wife, or if I'm doing something, or I'm I'm preparing for a sermon, I'm just like zoned out, blank. Uh Uh-uh, I want to be all there at any given moment. I want to set my head to the plow, not look back, look forward, and go, and be focused. And we're going to have times, we are, where we struggle, we're in odd seasons. But don't look back. We want to be worthy of his kingdom. Let's go to Philippians 2.3. Look at this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Wow. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. There you go. Jesus is our example again. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. (laughs) Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, look at this. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Once again, I can't say this with enough emphasis. Carrying your cross means you're going to have to die on that cross at some point. Some say, I'm going to just lug this cross. I'm going to just make it through. God gave me this cross. I'm going to carry my cross. I want to be like Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus and you need to, you know, like in working out, you got to finish the set. Say, you've been given this weight. I'm going to do 10 reps. No, I'm going to just do five. I'm done. What was it too heavy? It was no, it was just stressing me out. I was sweating. There were veins coming out. I can't do it anymore didn't like it I think I pulled something I think I got something to do I gotta it's just oh no it's strenuous I hated it it was no finish the set finish the race you're gonna carry that cross you're gonna have to die on that cross and I've been told by people much wiser than me they said you know what you've got to die to that one translation says you as a believer should have as much desire for this world as a dead man or a dead woman believe is the old living translation not the new living. It was just called the living Bible. As much desire for this world as a dead man. Oh man, I'm dying daily. It was prophesied over my life years ago. And I'm, man, 
I'm happy and sad to say I, I'm dying daily. <laughs> Some things I'm like, I've, I've gone kicking and screaming, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want, just die, die to that. Die to certain emotions, die to certain things in my past, die to certain things that bothered me. Carrying your cross means you're going to have to die on that cross at some point. Death to what? To myself, to the pull of the world, to selfish motives. Did you know I'm always checking my motives? Not just as a pastor, but as a believer. I check my motives with my wife. I check my motives in dealing with you and coming to church and being here. I go, Lord, why am I really doing this? Is it because I'm carrying my cross, or is it because someone's watching me? Or is it because you're watching me and the cloud of witnesses in heaven is watching me? What am I really doing this for, God? you got to die to what else? The works of the flesh. What are the works of the flesh? Here's some of them. Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, putting other things before God, quarreling, jealousy, wow, drunkenness, division. Did you know one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft? Say, man, witchcraft, I thought that was just demonic. Well, think about it, though. Witchcraft is very self-centered. People that are into witchcraft, they do stuff just for themselves to empower themselves. They put curses on other people. I actually worked with some girls that I heard that they were doing that. I was working in some finance companies. I heard they were sharing pictures and pieces of people's hair. I never knew all the details. I was like, glad I don't work in that office anymore. I'm going to lay hands on them crazy girls. And I wasn't real spiritual at the time, but I knew that was messed up. I'd read my Bible. Witchcraft is very self-centered. When you operate in the spirit of witchcraft, it's very self-centered. It's all about me. And we've got to die to all these things. We've got to die to these things. And you know what? It's not easy. Jesus at one point, and this is going to come up again in the series, Jesus at one point, right before his suffering and death, he's praying and he said, oh, that the, if this cup can pass from me. He knew he was, his body was going to be decimated. He was going to suffer. His body was going to be torn up. He knew. But beyond that, he knew he was going to carry the sin of the world. Who, who on earth, who in the right mind would suffer for all these sinners? But he did it. Such a valuable lesson in humility. Scripture says he learned obedience through suffering. That's a deep statement. He learned obedience through suffering. Man, how can we learn obedience through suffering? Then as you carry your cross, you're suffering, you're going through stuff because life's not always easy, but you learn obedience. When you're going through stuff, you're going through stuff, you're going through stuff. Have you noticed that when you're really, really, really in touch with the Lord, you have less and less desire to sin? I've noticed that. It takes your mind off of yourself. You say, man, you know what, Lord? I, I, want, I want to just be right with you. Deliver me, but I want to be right with you. I don't want to stay stuck in this situation, but God, work on my heart. So carry your cross. Number one, count the cost. Number two, go all the way. Number three, don't stop ever. And number four, don't look back. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Let's pray together.